Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it? And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I had lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of these, I am the foremost. These are words we just heard from St. Paul's letter that he wrote to Timothy, his first of two letters that we have in the Bible. Paul is an interesting figure, and probably other than Jesus, is probably the figure in the New Testament that we know the most about. We, of course, see him show up first in the Acts of the Apostles. As the deacon was being stoned, Paul, Saul was giving his approval to this stoning. And then apparently he began, he began to persecute the early church, going into synagogues and arresting those who would call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. And he was on his way to do just that when along that road he encountered the risen Lord. From that conversion experience, he, became, he was baptized and then began the greatest evangel, became the greatest evangelizer in the early church. All you have to do is open up a Catholic study Bible and find a map that is typically in there that shows town after town after village that Paul founded churches. He spent some 30 years spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. But why in the world would Jesus have picked somebody like this? 
We heard in our first reading from Exodus, Moses acting as a mediator between the Israelites and their God. The Israelites had forgotten about the wonders that God himself had done in freeing them from slavery in Egypt. Instead, they had fashioned the the golden calf and was beginning to worship it. God's wrath was flaring against them, but Moses interceded on their behalf and asked him, do not wipe your people out. And God relented. But Moses was a sinner, and that meant that he could not mediate perfectly on behalf of the people. Another way of putting it, he could not get them into heaven. Instead, we had to wait until the Son of God was born, until Jesus came, entered into human history, and through his sacrifice on the cross, he became the perfect mediator between the human family and God, throwing open the gates of heaven. Speaking of heaven, Jesus describes in today's gospel reading the great joy in heaven when a sinner repents. This can only occur because he mediates for us. But let's take a moment and imagine What must have been the joy in heaven when Saul repented? When Saul decided to turn away from his ways of persecuting the church, when he decided to embrace the faith and begin preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, the joy in heaven must have been immense. Paul describes himself as zealous in the persecution of the church. And that's why he is the one who most needed to experience Christ's grace and forgiveness of his sins. And because of Jesus' sacrifice, Saul was able to experience that gift of forgiveness. We now know him as Paul, St. Paul. But now Jesus asks us that we have been forgiven to go and do likewise, to mediate for others, to preach the good news, and to forgive as we have been forgiven. Today, of course, marks 21 years since the terrorist attack on September 11th in 2001. I was in seminary at the time. And during our classes, we were, tra- we were running between our classes and the TV lounge to follow the breaking story. It was, that evening, poured over the news accounts about what had happened and, what, and the number of lives that they are estimated had been lost. So it wasn't until the next day at our 11.30 mass in our chapel that Father Nathaniel Reeves preached his homily. It's a homily I will never forget. He began by saying, because we are Christians, we are called to forgive. But then he stopped for a moment and he says, but not today. Today the tragedy is too fresh 
The immensity of the loss of life is too great. Our anger is justified. We are not ready to forgive. At the end of his homily, though, he did say, at some point, we must forgive. And what he is referring to is, we need to forgive for our own souls. Because when we are harboring the hurt that someone has done to us, when we refuse to forgive them, it hurts us, not them. It is like our soul is in a bath of acid, being corroded. Instead, when we forgive someone, we are freeing our soul to be able to experience Christ's love. We are freeing our soul to be able to love as Jesus loves, totally and completely. So after 21 years, are we ready to forgive? You know, one of the suggested petitions for this day from the United States Bishop website reads as follows. For the ability to forgive and for an end to all hatred beginning in our own hearts, we pray to the Lord. When we withhold that forgiveness, we allow a foothold for hatred to build in our hearts. We are called to love one another as Jesus loves us, totally and completely. And so, heading, look, going back to St. Paul, if we think that converting our individual hearts is not going to make a difference, look at St. Paul. Because one man had been converted, because one man had been forgiven, the good news of Jesus Christ spread like a wildfire over that territory. All because Paul accepted Christ's gift of mercy and the grace that flows from his sacrifice on the cross. If we think that converting our individual hearts is easy, look to St. Paul. Paul encounters the risen Lord. He now is faced with the truth. Is he going to now turn his back on his mission of persecuting the church, something that he felt God was calling him to do? Is he going to turn his back on all of those who supported him in this persecution? And what about the Christians? There are are accounts in the Bible that says Paul was not trusted. They thought he had come to entrap them. And so he endured isolation. He endured mistrust on both sides, and he was beaten, stoned, and left for dead on several occasions. But he embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we think that we can do this work of conversion of hearts on our own without Jesus, look to St. Paul. 
St. Paul time and time again talked about how he relied on the grace of Jesus Christ, on his forgiveness, on his mercy. Jesus did not choose Paul because he was the best evangelizer, because he was the best orator. He chose him because he was weak, and through him, Christ's strength was demonstrated to the people. That was the great witness that St. Paul gave to the early church. And so, my dear friends, we are now called to love each other the same way and to forgive each other. We do this because Jesus himself did it before, by giving up his life on the cross. But we do it as well because ultimately Christ came into the world to save sinners. And of these, we are the foremost.